As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. KCAA. Loma Linda. Consider this your invitation to sell. At BuySellMakeOffer.com, you can sell as much as you want for the next 60 days without paying any fees whatsoever. Sound incredible? It is, and it's true. BuySellMakeOffer.com is the new exciting way to sell your stuff online. Make extra money right now. Sell your old car, furniture, video games, household items, clothes, even your home. Sell anything that's legal. Load up your stuff to sell right now at BuySellMakeOffer.com. This is your official invitation to get on board to sell your stuff right now. Free for the next 60 days. And once you see how easy it is, you'll want to sign up for more because there are no item fees. That's right. Take this opportunity to move items from the other guys and sell it for free. You might even win a Samsung tablet, Amazon gift cards, and other cool prizes. Buy, sell, makeoffer.com is the future of online selling. You can use Skype to talk to your buyer or seller. Plus, you can use video to showcase your items. Buy, sell, makeoffer.com. Are you particular about the vitamins and supplements you take? Have you found that the big chain stores simply don't have what you need? Then you should know about the Vitamin Center of Agora Hills. You'll find rock bottom prices on gourmet top quality vitamins and mineral supplements at the Vitamin Center. Get 30% off on all supplements and homeopathic products. All, not just selected merchandise. In addition, you'll find 30% off on all cosmetics, soaps, shampoos, toothpaste, makeup, hair coloring, and lip gloss. And all tea products are discounted 20%. Why go anywhere else? See for yourself at the Vitamin Center of Agora Hills, 5007 Canaan Road in Agora Hills. Or check out the savings and place your order online, vitamincenteragorahills.com. Start saving by getting what you need from the Vitamin Center of Agora Hills. And tell a friend that the Vitamin Center ships nationwide. Call 818-707-0005. That's 818-707-0005. The Vitamin Center of Agora Hills. You're listening to an encore presentation of this program on AM 1050 KCAA, the Inland Talk Express. KCAA Radio now joins the Sunday morning worship services of the Pruitt Baptist Church in Van, Texas, with Pastor David McNary. Let me invite you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. 
I want us to look with the writer of Hebrews at the Christian life as it's likened unto a race. For many in many respects, our Christian life is is like is like that. But a real problem arises among Christians because there's too many Christians that are only interested in the start finish line. In other words, you know you know how a lot of times the start line, the finish line will be at the same place, and you'll run, and when you come back to that place, you reach that place, then that's the finish line. There's a lot of believers today, a lot of Christians that want to spend all their time standing under the start finish line because that's where all the excitement is. That's the place of cheering and the place of fanfare. But let me just tell you something so that you'll uh, not be uh, not be taken aback, and that is this. The bigger part of your Christian life is going to be in the middle of the race, okay? There are going to be times when you're running along and there will be someone there to cheer you. They'll be standing by the side of the road. I, I used to enjoy watching uh, uh, watching the uh, Tour de France, the bicycle race, until it got so messed up with all of that stuff, the drugs and, and accusations and all of that kind of thing, until it got messed up with that. But I used to like to watch it. And a lot of times they would be riding along and there would be no one. And it would be an uphill climb and they'd be pedaling hard, they'd be working hard, they'd be drafting off of each other and all of those things would be happening and there would be no one to cheer them on. And, and a, a lot of our Christian life is like that. There will not be anyone there to cheer you along a lot of times whenever the times are the toughest when times, when times are hard. But the biggest part of the race where the work takes place where you really prove that you have faith is in those in those times whenever there are times of difficulty during the times of the hard work of just living the Christian life faithfully day after day after day after day you see he doesn't he does, we, we don't get a break we don't need a break because we have God he is with us so we don't need a break. We don't get a, we don't get to stop and go and sit down and 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 you know take a break and not worry about it because when you do that, whenever you take a break, when you sit down, when you go back, then what's going to happen is someone is going to come alongside of you and say, "Hey, come with me." Well, I'll tell you what. He's not red with horns and a pitchfork, but he sure knows how to come to us and to tempt us to do things that we know that we shouldn't do, and then we lose our place in the race. Folks, we are likened, uh, we are likened to marathon runners in this passage of Scripture we're going to read today, and it is a run for miles and miles and miles, 20-something, something, something, and point five or 3 or 6 or something. I don't know. I'm not going to run one of those. I'm in condition. I could if I wanted to, you know. <laughs> I can't even run from here to the house across the street. That's why my wife and I both drive every Sunday. God's looking for the kind of runners who are consistent. Now, he, he takes us as we come to him in faith, but he wants to encourage us and strengthen us and get us ready so that we can run the race, so that we can be dependable mile after mile. But most Christians today, they they just want to be sprinters. They want to poured all out in an instant. And folks, I've watched this many, many, for many, many years, almost 40 years now in the, in the pastorate, in the full-time pastorate. I've watched this. 
And you'll, you'll find people, they'll come and they'll get all excited and they'll come and, and walk down the aisle and they'll get baptized. They'll go and they'll, they'll come out and they'll be excited. They'll come to your Sunday school class and they'll be there for three or four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, sometimes a year, sometimes two years. Then the next thing you know, they disappear. And you go to them and you say, <clears throat> hey, what's going on? Is there a problem? Is there something going on? Well, I'm just not getting anything out of the service. Well, let me tell you something, folks. I'm going to tell it to you all today. We'll get this over with. It's not, what, not about what you get out of the service. It's about what you put into the service. Right. We're here today to worship God. Okay? Right. Not me, not you, not anybody else. We're just here today to worship God. And so that's what we want to do is come and, and, and worship God. We don't want to just make this a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's about taking on taking on the the whole race and being willing to run it all the way through our lives some of us start later than others but run it all the way through our lives until we arrive at the final destination but when the time comes to live everyday christian lives there are so many that their hearts are broken their faces are saddened their lives are defeated and they get depressed and they get depressed they get down but God is not down. God will lift you up. Hebrews chapter 12, <clears throat> beginning in verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. All right, here's our example. He said, here's our example. Our example is Jesus Christ. Our example is Jesus Christ. He endured the race. He endured the cross. He did it all, and he did it all for us. But I want us to notice today, uh, as our writer talks about three critical aspects of the race of life. The three critical aspects are, number one, inspiration, Number two, preparation. And number three is dedication. Dedication. Now, I want us to think about it. Inspiration. Uh, whenever you stop to, to wonder, what in the world causes a person? Now, this is the way I think. What in the world would cause a person to get out on the race course and run for miles and miles and miles when they have a perfectly good car or bicycle. <laughs> I'm not much on bicycles anymore either. Um, <clears throat> something about my, no, age. No, can't be age. Because I already told you I was in condition, so, see, you know, I could do it if I wanted to. But, but what, what causes someone to do that? What causes someone to want to, to run uh, uh, 26 miles uh, and, and then come to the finish line, three behind the leader, and finish. It's got to be inspiration. It's the same thing that causes a mountain climber to climb, you know. Now, I've climbed a few mountains, but I want to tell you something. It wasn't fun. Uh, it, 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 was, it wasn't because I wanted to. It was out of necessity to get from one place to the other, okay? But what causes a mountain climber to climb... They always say, because it's there, you know? If it's there, I've got to climb it. And there's people that, listen, those people that hang off of rock cliffs and 
Those people that <clears throat> jump out of perfectly good airplanes, you know, um, wow, that, that scares me, okay? But what we're talking about here is, is a person who's inspired by some reason or another, they're inspired uh, to run a race. There must be more than uh, just just that that particular thing, that thought of, of just going because it's there. And likewise, a part of the reason that we serve Christ is for for a, a personal satisfaction. This this a, lo- a lot of times it's just for that personal satisfaction. They don't even have to win. They just want to see if they can finish. You know. And, and it, part of it is for personal satisfaction. And certainly a part of the reason that we live our Christian lives is, is for personal satisfaction. But, but a part must be the knowledge that, uh, and, and I think we need to understand this, a part of it must be the knowledge that there are people who are watching. A lot of people run uh, because people are watching. Uh, and, the, and, and it may be just a... It may be just a child, it may be a, a spouse, it may be a friend, whatever, but they do it just because somebody's watching. Well, we need to understand that people are watching as Christians. He says, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. In other words, we're here, uh, they're there, and they're watching us. They're trying to see if we're, if we're going to make it. Now, we're talking about the seasoned runners. There are spectators out there. Some of them are experienced runners. Some of them are retired runners. I, I, I always had a great respect for one of our, one of our college professors, Brother J.D., uh, Dr. White. Dr. White was still running, uh, running uh, marathon races when he was in his 70s. In his 70s, he, he kept running. Of course, Dr. White was about this tall and about that big around, you know. He, um, he he wasn't carrying the load that some of us carry. That's the nicest way I know to say that. Some of the spectators are experienced runners. And listen, I want to tell you something. Experienced runners are the ones that are on your side. They're going to cheer you on. They're going to be there for you. They're going to, in fact, they'll probably go and find the most difficult place on the race course to be there for you. You can do it. You can make it. Keep going. Uh, dig deep. They'll, they'll say all of those things. So some of them are the ones who just love the sport and they're going to be there. They're going to be there as, as observers. They can't run anymore, but they'll be there as observers. And, and, and others are preparing runners. They're runners who are, who are in training. Uh, and folks, I want to tell you something in the Christian life. Uh, there are runners who are in training. These little guys over here and some others out there, young believers, young Christians, they're in training. And you know what? They're there to watch you because they're trying to learn how to be a good runner. They're trying to learn how to be a good Christian. And they're doing that by watching you and by watching me. It's very critical and very important that when those times come, that in those times that we dig deep, that we, that we remain faithful, that we remain disciplined so that we might show them, show them uh, the true reality of what it means uh, to serve the Lord. 
And, and sometimes we just get excited and, and then we just kind of ramble off. What we need to do is just be faithful. Get in the Word. Stay in the Word. Read the Word. Pray and ask God to lead you. But there are many babes in Christ who are watching you and they're learning. <laughs> Listen, they're learning by your every move. They are learning by your every move. And still others are non-runners. These are disbelievers. They don't believe uh, in Christ and they don't believe it can be done and they don't believe you can do it. And they're there to watch to see if you're going to be faithful in your Christian life. They're there to watch you to see if you're going to be faithful, to see if you're going to live up to the standard that they have set. Uh, and, and if you think that non-Christians don't know how you're supposed to live, you just ask a few of them. They'll tell you what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. I, I found it interesting. I heard, <clears throat> I've probably shared this story with you before, but I've, I heard a, uh, uh, he was a, a BSM director, Baptist Student Ministries director, when it, back when it was a BSU. And he said that uh, as a young man, he got saved. And after he got saved, he was looking for places to witness. And so he thought a good place to do that would be down at the local down, uh, dance hall that he used to go to. And so he went down there. And he picked him out a likely suspect, went up to her and said, would you like to dance? And she said, well, yes, I'll dance with you. And he got out there on the floor and started dancing with her and decided to whisper in her, in her ear. And he said, are you a Christian? And she looked him straight in the face and she said, do you think I'd be in a place like this if I was a Christian? Last time he ever went to the dance hall. <laughs> Well, praise the Lord. You see, they understand. They know. They know how we're supposed to be living. And we need to be careful that we don't become hypocrites and live by somebody else's rules. They're watching us. And we need to be faithful in the race. We need to be faithful in our Christian lives to show forth Jesus and his love. The second thing that I want you to notice that he talks about is, is preparation. Preparation. In the latter part of that verse, he says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us lay aside every every weight. Now, I've, I've watched people in training and, and uh, in the off-season, they may gain a little weight, and then whenever it comes time, they start training. They start getting ready. You know, uh, they... they they do their preparation. They lay aside the weight. Well, I, I've thought about I've thought about this. Uh, he talks about two areas of preparation. First of all, is physical training where you prepare the body, and he says lay aside lay aside every weight. Listen, God tells us that our body is the temple or the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, and it must not be burdened down. We need to not allow our our bodies, our lives to be burdened down with sin. It'd be like a runner who would come to run the long race with full camping gear and hiking boots. And, and I always, always loved that story about the two guys who were hiking in the woods. And, and all of a sudden they heard a racket behind them and there was a bear uh, running toward them. And the, and, the, and the guy squatted down or sat down on a log and pulled off his hiking boots and put on his tennis shoes. And the other one looked at him and said, what's the matter with you? You can't outrun that bear. He said, I don't have to outrun the bear. All I have to do is outrun you. <laughs> now, they were really, really good friends. <laughs> Not so much after that. 
who ever heard of someone running a race pushing a wheelbarrow? Wheelbarrow full of garbage. But we like to try to do that, don't we? Somehow or another, as Christians in our Christian life, somewhere we want to gather up all the garbage, you know? You know what I mean? The garbage that's out there in cyberspace and the garbage that's over the little waves that go into the back of your TV and the garbage that comes in through the newsprint or some kind of print. You know, all of that garbage, we like to gather that stuff up and we put it in a big old wheelbarrow and said, okay, God, here I come. You know, here I come. Listen. God says, it's easier than that. Just put that stuff down. He says, leave it at the altar. Lay it aside. He said, get rid of that, that sin, that, that problem, that difficulty that's, that's holding you, that's holding you, uh, back. And, 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 and then you can run the race. And then the second part of this is mental preparation. We have to be prepared in our minds. We have to be prepared in our hearts. We have to train trained with patience. He said, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We have to run with patience. You know, uh, I think that sometimes we, we get to thinking, well, maybe, maybe the finish line is just around the next corner. Well, think that way. It's all right. The finish line is just around the next corner. Diane reminded us that one day Jesus is coming back and it's going to be soon. But I, let me remind you that the apostle Paul thought Jesus was coming back before he would die too. And that's been a few days back. And so, yeah, that's okay. And that's, that's a good thing. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to keep our eyes on Jesus and we're supposed to run the race. You have to do it a day at a time. You have to do it one step at a time. Just keep thinking that it's just around the corner. Just keep thinking it's just around the corner. It'll give you strength and leave all of that junk behind you and let us run with patience one step at a time day after day after day being faithful unto the Lord. So first of all, there's inspiration. Secondly, there's preparation. And thirdly, there's dedication. Dedication. This final ingredient of being a good runner. Uh, and, 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 and without this part, folks, the others would be worthless. I want to I tell you, if you had inspiration to do it, and you went out and you worked out and you prepared yourself and got all ready to do it, and you never did it, then it'd be worthless. Whatever you did, it was it was uh, of no value because you didn't you didn't go and make that commitment. You didn't dedicate you didn't dedicate yourself, but folks. We are dedicated. We are dedicated to run the race. He he talks to us about being dedicated and be dedicated. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What in the world do you think that joy was? It, it was the joy of going to the cross. Why would he go to the cross? Why would he go to that finish line? And we know that was it because he said it is finished from the cross. Why would he go to that finish line and say it was a joyful thing to do it? It's because he could look into the past the present and the future and see the faces of everyone who would come to him through faith and be born into the family of God. That's why it was a joy. He took joy in that. He took joy in going to the cross because he could see, he could see us. He could see that there would be more runners who would join the race and who would be faithful. And folks, I want to tell you something. This dedication is 
is of utmost importance because there are those who are watching our example uh, and we need to look unto our example. Who's the greatest example? Well, Jesus is the greatest example. If we, if we set uh, anyone else, and, and I, I wrote down here, we need to pick the right heroes. We need to pick the right heroes. And, and I think sometimes that even as parents, we encourage our children not to pick the right heroes. <laughs> we, we encourage them to go another direction, to pick someone else. You know, well, this person is very important because they do this or they do that. But the right hero is Jesus. And what we need to do, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, follow him and do what Jesus would do. The second thing of dedication, the second part of dedication is endurance. That means living consistently. Let it, let it be the same day by day. If somebody sees you today and they say, well, you're a good Christian, then when they see you tomorrow, they ought to say he's a good Christian or she's a good Christian. And when they see you the next day, they ought to say, look, they're living the Christian life. They're serving the Lord. And when they see you the next day, now, now I'm not talking about a whole bunch of Sundays in a row. Pretty easy to do that on Sunday, isn't it? Because you're not at work, you're not at school, you're not, uh, well, some of you are, somewhere else. You're, you're, you're in, in the Lord's house, and it's easy to be a Christian in the Lord's house, but what we need is for God to be able to uh, be with us every day of our lives, and we need to be able to represent Him uh, in, in, in endurance every day. We get tired, we get sore, we get hurt, still we endure, still we move forward, and then we reach finally for exaltation. Exaltation, the excitement of the finish line. When the race of life is over. Now, doubtless to say there'll be some of us who will finish our race before Jesus comes back. You know, I mean, he might come back right now. I mean, that's, that's all right. And come on, Lord. Uh, but, but if he tarries, some of us will finish our race, uh, before Jesus comes. And, and, and let me tell you something. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, always a kind of an interesting thing to me. You know, when you go and you, peer into the casket of a loved one and somehow or another <laughs> i don't know how it happens but if that person's a believer i've noticed that most of the time most of the time there'll be a smile it it, it may be almost indistinguishable in, in fact it may only be in my eyes i don't know the answer to that but there'll be a little bit of a smile and that's that's what that person left for us to be an encouragement to us because they're in glory in heaven with God to be there forever and ever and ever. And that's the finish line. But I want to tell you something, folks. If you don't start the race, if you don't, if you don't go to the start line, and if you don't, if you don't dedicate and commit yourself unto serving the Lord, then your finish line will be very different. And it will not be exaltation. It will not be glorification, as Paul calls it in the book of Romans chapter 8. It will not be glorification, but it will be an awful, awful experience. Because you didn't begin the race with Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you today that, Lord, you so often... Um, make these kinds of statements that are as parables that you show us spiritual things by uh, teaching us from things that we already know about. 
And dear Lord, I pray that you will help us. I pray, Father, that you'll help us to be committed to your cause, to, to come with dedication and commitment, yes, with inspiration, Lord, to, to be your child. And dear Father, I pray that you'll be with those who are here today who don't know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior, that today would be the day they would come to call upon the name of the Lord, to confess their sins and invite Jesus Christ to come into their heart and life and begin on this day in these moments the race of life. And Father, I pray you'll be with us as believers. God, I pray that you'll help us to lay aside the weight, help us to lay aside the sin that holds us back, that keeps us from being all that we need to be and can be for God. And dear Father, I pray that you'll just encourage us and, and Father, uh, call to us from the sidelines, encouraging us and, and, uh, and helping us, strengthening us, building us uh, towards being what we need to be for the cause of Christ. Father, speak to our hearts today. And uh, Father, help us to hear individually, one-on-one. -on -one. Help us to hear from you and help us to make those commitments that are necessary that we might enter into this relationship with you, Almighty God, through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, Father, we entrust this time to your hands, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Terry, what song we sing? 480. Number 480 in your hymnal, and I'll invite you to stand as we sing together. And as we sing, if God has spoken to your heart today, and you need to make a commitment to the Lord, a recommitment of your life to the Lord, take this opportunity. Don't leave here with carrying that wheelbarrow full of garbage with you. Leave it here. Leave it here. God will clean it up. Just leave it right here. And go home with the joy of the Lord in your heart. You are listening to the Sunday morning worship services of the Pruitt Baptist Church in Van, Texas with Pastor David McNary. All right. If you have a Bible with you today, let me invite you to turn with me to the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John. The title of the message today is Ambassadors of the New Birth ambassadors of the new birth. Now, I want to introduce the title because whenever we think of ambassador, we think of a representative. But when we think of an ambassador, we also think of a person. I'm not talking about a person here. I'm talking about the actions of our life which represent the fact that we've been born again. In other words, <clears throat> that was that part of that peanut, I think. <clears throat> In other words, what we do represents who we are better than what we say. It's easy to say you've been born again. It's easy to say you're a child of God. But your life, the way you live, must represent that reality. Now, the book of 1 John is one of my favorite books. I, I just love this book because John speaks with such simplicity. He speaks in such a way that anybody and everybody can understand. And here where we're going to read today, I want you to see that this book, this letter that John wrote is a picture. It's a picture puzzle, a, a, a picture puzzle with a clear theme. The theme is very clear in this in this puzzle. It's like a picture of three spotted puppies. They all are very similar, but just like we talked about with the peanut a while ago, each one of them are different just a little bit. It's a well-balanced picture. It has a lovely background, certainly, but attention is immediately attracted to the central theme. And that central theme it can be stated in three words. They are these three. One, faith. Two, love. Three, obedience. Faith, love, and obedience. 
And you can go back all the way back to chapter 2 and you can find these, these themes beginning to be developed by, uh, by the Apostle John as he, wrote this, as he wrote this letter. So today I want us to take a look at these three things because in John chapter 5 and in verse 1 through 5, he brings them all together. He, he's, um, he's, he's making a summation here, I think. And he brings them all together. And I want you to see what he has to say here in these first five verses. He says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the one, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is it that overcomes the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I want us to take a look at these verses. I said that it was a culmination. I said that he was bringing them all together. The central theme of faith, love, and obedience. And if you look at these passages of Scripture, believe or faith is presented in verse, four, verse 1, verse 4, and verse 5. The word love is used five times in three verses in verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3. Obedience is represented by keeping his commandments, the phrase keeping his commandments, and that's found in verse 2 and verse 3. So it's multiple instances that these uh, thoughts, that this central theme is presented uh, throughout, throughout this little section. So here John completes the puzzle by putting in the last pieces. Don't you always love it whenever you're the one with the last piece to the puzzle? And don't you always hate it whenever you look and you can't find the last piece to the puzzle? And you discover that your wife has it in her pocket? No, I'm just teasing. But this puzzle is completed now. John R.W. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. God says they are so closely, these three themes are so closely woven together into a single coherent fabric that it is difficult to unpick and disentangle the threads. He said these things are so so brought together and so uh, put together in such a way that that you can't break them apart. They, they shouldn't be broken apart because they are representatives. They are ambassadors from the land of new birth. They represent a life which has been changed by the power and the authority of Almighty God. John wrote in, in the Gospel that we were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's the new birth, folks. That's the new birth. And we're talking about our new birth experience. So it's easy to say that we've been born again, but it's not always so easy to represent that, to send out these ambassadors. But these three are the ambassadors, the ambassadors of the new birth. Now I want you to see how they all how they all fit together. First of all, we want to talk about faith found in chapter in, in verse one and verse four, and also in verse five. In verse 1, he uses the phrase, is born of God. Now, I think it's very interesting uh, oftentimes to spend a little more time to study because, you see, that phrase, even though it is accurate, it, is, it, it doesn't give you all the information because that phrase is written in the Greek language in the present perfect tense, in the present perfect tense. Now, that tells us something, and so it is stated, and we should understand that he is saying something more. What he says is, and, and this is critical for us in our Christian faith, what he's saying is, whoever believes Jesus is the Christ is born of God and remains a child of God. That, that, that little phrase there is, is expanded because it tells you that, yeah, you're born into the family of God, but you remain a child of God. Now, isn't that always true? You think about it. You think about it. What about a child? A child that's born into a family. Now, I don't know what all is going to happen. Who knows what's going to happen throughout that lifetime. But that child will always and forever be the child of his parents. Doesn't matter if you disown them. Doesn't matter what happens. That child will always be your child. Now, I want to tell you something. When you're, this is important. When you're born into the family of God as a result of your faith in Jesus Christ, you are forever and always a member of God's family. You're forever His child. That can't be, that can't be taken away because you're born into the family of God through the blood. It's the bloodline through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, please listen carefully. This is, I almost need this on the screen so that you can read it with me, and I'll probably state it twice because it's very, very important. In the Greek text, the lesson that is taught is this. Our present continuing activity of believing, okay? It's your present action of faith. He says, our present continuing activity of believing is the result and therefore the evidence of our past experience of new birth by which we became and remain God's children. Okay, so what he's saying is that we're saved as a result of faith. We're born in the family of God as a result of faith, and that same faith represents our faith. Okay, it is an ambassador. You have to, Now, faith is an active word. You need to know that, okay? 
we, we think that faith is something, that I don't know how we figured out, but we think faith is something that happens to us. But faith is not what happens to you. Faith is what you do. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you intentionally uh, call upon His name. You intentionally become a part of His family. And so this faith is an action. This faith is an activity. This faith is a demonstration of where we started. We grow up in our faith as we live uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Over in the book of Romans, um, <clears throat> over in the book of Romans chapter 1, listen to this. Paul says, the, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Listen, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. He says the righteousness of God is revealed from, listen, faith to faith. Now, why would he say that? From faith to faith. Because faith is the beginning place, but faith is also the action of the, of the person who is born again. In the latter part of verse 17 of Romans chapter 1, it says, The just shall live by faith. Well, how do you get to be just? By believing in Christ, right? You're, you're justified by faith. But after you've been justified, you still must live by faith. There's another pastor scripture. It's over there in that chapter we were reading in the beginning. <clears throat> in chapter 5. Well, if you go down there a little further down to verse 10. The scripture says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Listen, if a person, uh, a person who comes along, and, and this is, I think this is a very important statement. I'm glad I didn't make it. God made it. But here's what he said. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. The person who is unwilling to believe in God is calling God a liar. Well, that's true. You stop to think about it. God reveals himself throughout his holy word uh, to us. He reveals himself in, in, in mighty and wonderful ways. He reveals Himself uh, to us through, as we studied this morning, natural revelation and special revelation. He reveals Himself to us, and if we say that He doesn't exist or we don't believe in Him, then we're calling Him a liar. Now, I don't think anybody wants to stand before God and say, God, you're a liar. But in reality, in reality, that's what we do. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in Himself. He that believeth not God hath made Him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's very simple, as I said. John is just right so simply, so easily understandable. He that hath the Son, he who has believed in Jesus, has eternal life. He who has not believed in Jesus does not have eternal life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Now listen. And that you may believe on the Son of God. Now wait a minute. He just said that, didn't he? That's why it's important for us to understand that yes, we are born into the family of God as a result of our faith, but we also must continue on living in that same faith. We have to continue to believe Now, I found some people <clears throat> before that say, well, you know, I'm a believer in Christ. 
but I sure am struggling with this or that or the other. I sure am having a problem with this. Well, do you believe God can handle it? Well, I'm not sure. Well, let me just tell you, He can. <laughs> if you're not sure, He can, but you have to believe. You have to trust Him. You have to allow Him to give you leadership. You have to allow Him <clears throat> to do His work in your life. So the first thing, the first thing, the first ambassador, the first representative of, of the new birth in your life is your faith. It needs to be seen. It needs to be demonstrated on a daily basis. The second thing is love. The second thing is love. Now, John says that this faith, which is both the cause and effect of the new birth, also causes us to love both God and His children. <clears throat> John 5, 1 John 5, 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That is simple. If you believe, then you're born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and we keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments <clears throat> are not grievous. Okay, now I want you to take a look at that because I think it's very important for us. This faith that we have causes us to live by faith. It also causes us, this new birth experience causes us to love God and to love His children. To love God and to love His children. Now I realize that some of you may have taken verse uh, verse 1 to, to say, well, now wait a minute, it's talking about uh, when it says that, uh, 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 talks about Him that begat, Loved him also that is begotten. You, it's, it's easy to think that maybe in that last begotten he's talking about Jesus. Now certainly Jesus was begotten of God. The Bible tells us, of, tells us that. But that begotten is the same one who is involved in the first part of this chapter where he says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, if you're born of God, you've been begotten of God, right? So this is talking about the fact that, yes, we have been born again as a result of our faith in Christ. The result is that we love God and that we love the other children, that we love our siblings, okay? Now look around you. You have siblings in the room. Did you know that? We're talking about spiritual siblings, you know, spiritual siblings. You have brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's what he's talking about. He says that that love <clears throat> that we have for one another represents our love for God. There's no better way for you to demonstrate your love for God than to love his children. <coughs> Excuse me. We have to love his children. That's what he's talking about here. Over in chapter, <clears throat> chapter 2 and verse 10. Um, yeah, I'm... Excuse me, I'm tempted to um, read verse 9 too. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brothers in darkness even until now. Wow, I said John was simple, to the point. Verse 10, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. Jesus is light and there is, there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Over in chapter 3, uh, in verse 14, he says, we know that we have passed from death unto life. What? Because we love the brethren. Because we love the brethren. 
We know what? We know we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. It's, our, it's the demonstration of our faith, of our new birth. In verse 18 of chapter 3, he says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. He said, you can say it all day long. You know what? If, if I come to you and tell you that I love you and I treat you like dirt, you're going to say you don't really love me. It's a lie, isn't it? It's a lie, isn't it? He says we need to love not only in tongue, but also in indeed that love needs to be a demonstration. The word love is like the word faith. It is a word, it is a word of action. And our love for our fellow man is a sign of our Christian faith. Listen to this passage over in the book of <clears throat> the book of John, chapter 13. In, in John, the, the gospel of John, chapter 13, listen to what he says over in verse 35. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. How is it that we show people that we belong to Jesus? By loving one another. By loving one another. Now, it's, it's important for us to love people who are not believers. But it's even more critical for us to love one another. Because if those people out there who are not believers see us fighting with each other in here, they don't want to have anything to do with us. Because we are not representing our Christian faith. We are not being ambassadors. We're not showing forth the love that God has poured out on us. You say, well, that person didn't treat me right. Well, did you treat God right? <laughs> Stop to think about it. Yet God still loved you he still brought you into His family. He made you one of His children. The Revised Standard Version of the Bible, <clears throat> there in the in in uh, in verse five, in the latter part. I mean, in the latter part of verse one says he's it it's, puts it this way. It says, "Everyone who loves the parent loves the child. <laughs> Everyone who loves the parent loves the child." Now, we're talking about the common parent, our heavenly father. Everyone that loves the parent loves the child. Now, the commentator says this. It is no more possible to love the other children of God and not love God than to love God without loving his other children. They're our spiritual siblings, okay? Now, you may not like them at times, but you got to love them. I don't care. I don't care if you don't like them. Get over it, all right? Whatever they've done to you, you just need to throw it out the window and forget it, okay? Go to them and say, I'm sorry. You say, well, they did me wrong. That's all right. You have bad feelings toward them. Go tell them you're sorry. Can I get an amen? You know it's true. You know it's true. We're to love one another. So the ambassadors, the ambassadors of the new birth are faith and love. And what was the third one? Obedience. Obedience. Obedience found in verse 2 and verse 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His what? Commandments. Obedience to God. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. Now what? This is the love of God that we keep His commandments? And His commandments are not grievous. They're not grievous. Now folks, John's putting the last piece in the puzzle and it completes, it completes the puzzle with this representative of the new birth in your life, this representative of Christian faith. 
We know that that love is a word of action and that action results in obedience. Do you love God? Do you love God? If you love God, that means you plan to be obedient to God. Right? Just like these young people over here. They love their parents, so they're going to be obedient and do everything that their parents say. Somebody say amen. Well, it doesn't, make, doesn't mean we don't make boo-boos once in a while, okay, and mistakes, and, and we get a little... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, big on ourselves and do things our way. And then we come back to say, okay, mom and dad, you were right. Yeah. You young people over there don't realize it, but there'll come a day when you're about 25 years old when you realize that mom and dad weren't so dumb after all. <laughs> Just so you know, it'll come. There'll be a time when it will come. Listen, folks, we must be obedient. We must keep the commandments of God. He said, I think he says something very, very interesting about these commandments. He says that these commandments are not grievous for those who are believers. Okay? They're not grievous for those who are believers. Why is that? Because we're not living under keeping the commandments, obedience. We don't have to. It's not that. We do it because we love God. That's what we just read. We love God. And so the result is we live for God. We live in obedience. We live in obedience to Almighty, Almighty God. We demonstrate our love through our sacrificial service. Through our, We demonstrate our love to God by, by doing as He has told us. In John 14, 21, Jesus said... He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Wow, John is so plain and so simple. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Did you see that? You didn't even know that verse was in there, did you? Oh, you've read it before. I'm not saying that. We don't realize what he's saying. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he's the one that loves me. He's the one that demonstrates his love to me. The commentator says the commandments of God today, whether found in the Old Testament or the New, appear intolerably burdensome to the world. <laughs> he talked to somebody about, about the commandments of God and it just, just makes them shudder. Just makes them shiver if they don't know Jesus as personal Savior and Lord. He says, but to the children of God, they are not grievous because whatever is born of God 
listen, overcometh the world. He that is in us, you see. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. Now, I think it's interesting. One more thought here. Verse 4, notice that he says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. He didn't say whosoever, okay? He didn't say whosoever. If he'd used the word whosoever, then we would think that the victory is ours. But we're not the ones who won the victory. He's the one who won the victory, and he's done it in us and through us and for us because he first loved us. Folks, the new birth is a supernatural event. And that supernatural event causes us to be transformed. When you really believe in Jesus Christ, you will begin at that point in your life to live, to live for Jesus, to live by faith, to show forth the love of God to other people, and likewise to walk in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, the ambassadors of the new birth, the representations in your life of the new birth are these three. They've got to be there. You've got to live by faith. You've got to walk in your life in love, love for God, love for one another, and an obedience, obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's another old song. <clears throat> goes like this. Encamped. Along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe in veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Listen, faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. What? Faith is the victory we know. Faith overcomes the world. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. Are you here today a Christian, a believer in Christ? You know that you've been born again. You believe with all your heart you've been born again. If so, if so, if that's a reality in your life, then you need to send out these ambassadors. You need to represent that new birth. You need to represent that faith that's in your life. You need to represent it in living by faith. You, you get, sometimes you just have to, don't, you, you can't understand why, you don't have to understand why, you're just going to keep on living and keep on doing because God said to. <laughs> when God called Abraham, he said, okay, I'm going to send you to another place. Now, I've said this many times, I wouldn't have been like Abraham. Okay, God, wait a minute. Do I have any choice in the matter, number one? Number two, uh, where are we going? Uh, number two, number three, are they going to be nice to me there? You know, are they going to treat me right? Are they going to respect me? And 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 number four, why why do I have to move? I want to stay right here. You know, that would have been the way I'd have responded. You know what Abraham did? God said, "I want you to go to a place that I will show you." And I'm not going to tell you where it is. How long it's going to take you to get there? If there's going to be anybody there or not, and especially if not, if they're going to be friendly. But I want you to go. And Abraham said, I'll go. Walk with God. He knew about faith. God would not lead him astray. 
Now, there's a lot of things in this world lead you astray, but God is not one of them, okay? So we have to represent our faith by our faith. We have to, rep have to represent our faith by our love for God and by our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we have to represent our faith by walking in obedience. Now, that means doing what God says to do and not doing what God says to do not to do. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Well, it's simple to say, isn't it? Today, you know, there may be someone in this place who's never <clears throat> taken the opportunity and the privilege to call upon the name of the Lord and be born again. You don't, you, you, you say, well, you know what, these things, I kind of, I kind of do these things. I kind of believe and I, you know, I, I, I do love, I love my friends, I love my family and all of that. And and, and most of the time, I do a pretty good job of doing what God wants me to do, but I've never really been born again. Listen, these, day, these things don't represent anything in your life if you're not born again. You have to be born again. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Over and over again, we talked about the importance of faith, 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 about believing in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. You need to know this. You cannot, you cannot get into heaven without faith in Jesus Christ. That will not be your eternal destiny. I want you to know that. We live in a society, in a world uh, today that says everybody's going to heaven. No, not everybody's going to heaven. Not everybody's going to heaven. You say, why do you say that, preacher? Because the Bible says it, that's why. And the Bible is God's Word. God gave it to us so that we could understand the way to heaven. And it's not hard, it's simple Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And there may be somebody here today who's never been saved. I pray that you'd receive Christ today. That you'd allow Him to come into your life and take control. That you would believe in Him. That you would begin a journey of faith. And that you would allow Him to grow in you and that relationship to grow in you so that you might be more like Him. Father, thank You for this day. Thank You for the Word of God. Thank You, Lord, that You make it clear and that you make it simple. Lord, I pray for anyone who's here today who's never believed on Jesus and received Him as personal Savior, Lord. I pray for anyone here today who's never been born again, never received eternal salvation. I pray, Father, that by the power of Your Spirit You would speak very clearly to them right now and that somehow or another they would surrender their life, call upon the name of the Lord, and enter into a personal relationship with Almighty God. And dear Father, I pray for Christians, for believers today. Father, sometimes we get distracted with the world and with, with the things of this life. And God, we forget about loving you. And we forget about loving our neighbors. And we forget about walking in obedience. And dear God, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts today. I pray that you will renew our faith. And that you'll renew our courage, our courage to walk in obedience to you. And I pray that you'll renew our love, Father, not only for you, but our love one for another. That, Father, we might go out from this place to show that we are truly, truly believers in Jesus Christ and that we might walk with him. Now, Lord, speak our hearts today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship services of the Pruitt Baptist Church in Van, Texas with Pastor David McNary. 
A podcast of the service is available on demand at the KCAA website at www.kcaaradio.com. To listen to the service at any time, go to the KCAA Sunday schedule and click the podcast link under the image of Pastor McNary. The Pruitt Baptist Church is located at 9908 State Highway 110 in Van, Texas. The Sunday worship schedule includes Bible study at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m., and evening worship at 6 p.m. For more information about the Pruitt Baptist Church, visit their website at www.pruittbaptistchurch.com or call 903-963-7473. The station that leaves no listener behind. This is 1050 a.m. Serving Riverside, San Bernardino. KCAA, Loma Linda. This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Trying to find a job in today's economy? Or are you a boss looking for a great hire? We'll talk to a top headhunter. What he says may surprise you. It's epic because this has probably been the single greatest talent glut that America's ever faced. There's lots of good pickings out there at discounted prices, and employers aren't hiring them. Something is broken. Then, should how we measure your child's IQ be scrapped? An educator says we need to move to customized testing, and our kids are being held back by the current education system. We're comparing people to each other along a single standardized metric. What I want to call is for a shift from that whole way of thinking about intelligence to a very personal level. Those two stories and much more are heading your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Our show will begin right after this. The lawn looks great. Man, it's so hot out there. <laughs> Do you want a beer? Uh, is that a twisted tea you're drinking? Oh, <laughs> it might be. So you like twisted tea? <laughs> Come on, tastes like real iced tea, doesn't it? It does taste like real iced tea. Goes down smooth. And twisted tea is refreshing. And it has that little kick. <laughs> I was wondering where all my twisted teas had been going. Okay, I might have taken one. <laughs> oh, right. Or a few. You just can't resist the refreshing taste of twisted tea. Real iced tea taste with a kick. Twisted Tea Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. Advance Auto knows what makes a car guy a car guy. It's working through the unexpected surprises that spring up with every project. It's character, and it isn't rattled by a little thing like a dead battery, especially when you can get a new one online at advanceautoparts.com and pick it up in store just 30 minutes later. We'll even install it for free so you can get back to fixing faster. Advance Auto Parts, for guys who love getting under the hood. Most vehicles, most locations. See store for details. You, the woman in the SUV pulling into the yoga studio. You got a truck for a reason, remember? So get some Firestone tires and go do truck stuff. Why just explore your inner self when the Firestone Destination LE2 is built for 60,000 miles of truck stuff? So get out as far as you can. Drive down to the Amazon, tool around the muck. Bring back a previously undiscovered type of mud mask. Find your truck tires at FirestoneTire.com. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Hardwick Clothes, America's oldest tailor-made clothing company, has been making our best-selling navy blazers for 134 years. Visit Hardwick.com to get the $295 wrinkle-resistant travel blazer at the price of $195. Order by three and get by ten. Free next day air. Hardwick.com, America's oldest and sewn in Cleveland, Tennessee since 1880. 
InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you've ever had to look for a job or you've ever hired someone to do a job, you know the employment system doesn't always work as it should. In fact, our next guest says America's employment system is broken. Headhunter Nick Corcadillos is host of AskTheHeadhunter.com and author of the new PDF book series, Fearless Job Hunting. Nick, you say that the current system for recruiting and hiring is a disaster of epic proportions. Why do you say that? Well, Chris, it's really pretty simple if you look at the numbers, which I think people don't really do. There are currently around 12 million unemployed people in the United States, but there are about 26 million who are looking for jobs actively because they're underemployed. Then you consider how many vacant jobs there are in the United States. Right now, the figure is somewhere around 3.5 million. So we have a ratio of about 7 to 1. In other words, employers have a 7 to 1 advantage in this market because there's seven times as many people looking for jobs as there are jobs open. Then when you take a look at what HR managers call this ratio, they refer to it as a talent shortage. There's seven people for every available job. Even if you were to consider that maybe we have some deadbeat workers out there and uneducated, incapable people who aren't motivated to work. And I don't mean that as a put down, but even if you make that worst case assumption, we still have a tremendous number of people who are ready and able to ride a fast learning curve to be able to do most of the jobs that are open in America. There are very few rocket science jobs. There are very few jobs that are so tough that there are not existing folks out there on the street. It's epic because this has probably been the single greatest talent glut that America's ever faced. There's lots of good pickings out there at discounted prices, and 